Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. My name's Will Anderson. And uh, you are preparing for LA, man. Yeah, totally. I leave in two days. How's that Well, going? less, like you, a you, day. You look like a guy who's preparing to go overseas. The <laughs> hair's a bit big, the eyes are a bit wide. Yeah, I suddenly realised how many things I have to do because I'm going to be away for like four months. Yeah, this is like a long trip. You're actually going to be living yeah, in, in another, another country, place. Yeah, which I've never really done. Uh, like, you know, I've travelled a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I spend like a, yeah, probably this much, much of my year overseas nearly every year. But like it's normally going to, you know, comedy festivals and living out of hotels and stuff. The idea of going to a place. and But you know the thing that's really freaked me out is how much shit I have to arrange for here. Because life goes on here. Yeah, right. Like, you know, people aren't like, hey, you're not around. You know what? Don't pay your power. <laughs> Don't pay your gas. It's fine, mate. You know, we'll come around and clean the house for free. Don't worry about it. Cats are like, we'll, we'll look after each other. There's three of us. Surely between the three of us, we can learn how to you know, we'll work a fight. If you leave some money, we can order pizza. We'll get some tuna on the top of the pizza. We'll be fine. Get on each other's shoulders yeah. and get a big overcoat so we can, you know. I'll come, I'll come back and my cats have learned how to play, play my Wii. <laughs> my Wii that I've had for two years. Have you got a Wii? Yeah, my parents bought it for me for Christmas like two years ago. It was like, they were so good. In fact, my whole family, because I'm hard to buy for because... Yeah. You buy everything yourself. I buy everything myself, yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I'm a 36-year-old man with no ties. <laughs> I've got to spend my cash on something. Like, you know, I'm an empty nester. You know, I, I, occasionally I go down to the park. What does all that the mean? Others. What does that mean, empty nester, that phrase, empty nester? Well, that you... Um, it's named after a guy called Nesta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not after the sitcom, Empty Nest. <laughs> no, no, it's um, uh, when you're at home by yourself, you don't have like a family. Okay, so you're an empty yeah. nester, right? Yeah, so I don't have a family. Well, I'm, I have three cats. Okay, so you know, so you're a mother bird. Yeah, <laughs> you're a mother bird. <laughs> Only if I start feeding the cats by putting their food in my mouth first <laughs> and then spitting it <laughs> into their mouths. Uh, which occasionally is kind of what I do, particularly if I'm eating pizza or something and yeah, like a yeah. bit falls out and they want to eat it. It's great when you get a pet. It's like having a vacuum cleaner, like an organic mm. vacuum cleaner. Like mm. the minute you drop something, that they're there to, to sweep it up. Like I like if I'm eating something very crumbly, I, I've got the dog lurking at my feet and I'll just sort of shake out the shirt onto the ground. Yeah. It's like, perfect. There you go, mate. Hairy dustbuster. <laughs> you, you either need a dog or a homeless person. <laughs> just a, what's, what's with the wino, Charlie? Uh, he's cheaper than a cleaner. <laughs> And he gets the carpet, like he sucks the carpet clean. Um, and occasionally he lets me punch him in the face for like a, a dollar. A dollar. <laughs> and then he's down at the shops, <laughs> gets some more wine, comes back. He's reliable. He's well-trained. I got him microchipped. You should see him chase a stick. And when I say a stick, I mean a long neck. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently in like Victorian times or something, that mm. was a sign of status, was if you had a vagrant right. living on your estate... That was kind of like a status symbol. Like people right. used to like having like a hobo sort right. of wandering the grounds because it was like, yes, we're so wealthy. We can afford to have a vagrant, our own vagrant. Is that right? Yeah. It's like an early entourage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, where there's like the really rich guy who's making all the money and then there's just a whole lot of lackeys just, living off his career. Yeah. But this entourage is urine soaked yeah. <laughs> and most likely insane. Yeah. That's all right. I like the idea of like, you know. Um, the crazy people are, are like, you know, they're, they're good, crazy people in the States. Like, you know, you could get a good homeless, put like a good, you know, they've always got a bit of a story. Like they've yeah. got one leg or, you know, they're, they, they were in war and they're selling flowers or something. Like yeah, they're not yeah. just like, 
here, like in Australia, it seems like sometimes homeless people just like left their house and just thought it's quite nice. Are you really comparing vagrants as like one country has better vagrants than another country? I think country? they do have like, they have, yeah, they have more career vagrants. Yeah, probably. I feel they, like they have more vagrants. So there's probably a greater chance for a, like entertaining vagrants yeah. than, than here. I mean, well, you got to rise your way to the top of the vagrants. I think if you go around Australia, mm. there's like different vagrants. Like mm. I think Sydney, I, I notice more homeless people in Sydney than you see in Melbourne. Yeah. And they seem to be, uh, they seem to be kind of more, uh, not aggressive, but they're more in your face in Sydney. Like I think Mel- Melbourne. Why well, isn't that just reflective of the city? Yeah, it's like true. I mean, like Sydney, pe- Sydney people are more in your face. Yeah, and they're more outdoorsy. Yeah, that's right. so. It, it would it would not actually surprise you that the homeless people of Sydney were outdoorsy and in your face. Well, that's apparently why you see so many homeless. You know, in like Santa Monica, uh, where you're headed, there's that there's there's that um, area which is like a little homeless area like yep. a, a what do you call it not like a lean-to what do they call it when well, it's not a home is not it? a refugee camp. They're, 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 they're not they're not homeless once they have a home no it's not a home but yeah. it's an area but it's yeah. because you know california gets uh, really good weather so if you're going to be i mean that's the one thing i've never understood mm. about if you're homeless is why would you be homeless in like a freezing cold mm. climate like if you're gonna live in a country that has warmer yeah. areas just be homeless in the mm. in the warmer area. Turns out that some of the homeless, Charlie, don't have funds to travel. Don't they jump on like railway carriages and stuff? <laughs> or is that like two 1930s? Yeah. I thought they jumped on like yeah. empty train carriages yeah. and stuff. Told people stories for a dollar. Yeah, and they knife their back. <laughs> they, <knife them. laughs> they don't do that? They don't jump? Can you do that? You can't do that anymore. You can't jump on rail carriages to get across the country. No, I don't think so. Have you ever tried? Well, I mean, people, well, I mean, look, you know, I've been in Melbourne and not put my ticket in the machine. That <laughs> doesn't qualify. Ah, uh, mate, small steps. It's like a gateway. Yeah. It's like, you know, marijuana is a gateway to, like, heroin. Yeah. That's kind of like, you know, avoiding a tram fare it's between St Kilda and the city is just like, you're one step away, jumping the train, giving a guy a sponge bath. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I have to leave. Oh, no, no, so my parents bought me a Wii yeah. for Christmas, which was actually like a, a, a nice present. Because like I, I mentioned, I do buy myself lots of stuff and, you know, fill my house with, like, you know, possessions rather than people. And you didn't have a Wii, so... No. I'd already off to a good start. No, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it turns out the reason I didn't have a Wii is I'm not particularly into computer games. Yeah. Are you not into them or you're no good at them? Uh, no, I'm not into them. Yeah. So if I, I have so many things to do. Yeah. Like, I feel my life is always full of things that I don't have time to do. But you could swap say, you know, your law and order listening time in for a video game. Like, there must be stuff that no. you... No. Well, unless I did, because I run... Unless you just listen I to I run games. while I... <laughs> <Yeah>. Imagine <laughs> if I went for a run, listening. Uh, uh, have you played the new Call of Duty 4? No, but man, it sounds unreal. <laughs> uh, I was listening to people yell. There was beeping. Just listening to the demo yeah. screen over and over yeah. again. Sometimes I just like to listen to really old school computer games, like Space Invaders, but you Pac-Man. Do, you do have an old school um, tabletop uh, video game thing at your place like yeah pac-man and galaga that's like my social do you say Gal- galaga or galaga no let's call the whole thing off i'm <laughs> not sure I, I i always said galaga when i was growing up yeah. but then as i got older i was like well it's galaxy maybe it's galaga see i don't know i mean i know that's your theory i'm not sure it is derived from galaxy therefore mm. it has to be galaga no i mean galaga i just think of uh you know the, the comedian who smashes things with the sledgehammer right. isn't that like g-a-double-l but galaga makes me think of lady gaga so lady <laughs> i'd like to say the lady galaga 
that's a game. We could do Gaga. that. Yeah, we could do like people being attacked by like a, a horde of Lady Gagas that you have meet, to meet dresses advancing <laughs> on you in like sequential movements. <laughs> totally. Lady Galaga. Yeah, I like, I like it. It's good. <laughs> we could sell that to people. Um, uh, so I like that yeah. because that's if, if I have some people over. Um, and that's the only thing that I would like do computer games for. Yeah. If my mates are over, we've had a few drinks or we've like smoked some weed and it's like the middle of the night, you're like, I want something to do that's fun. That, those old school games, everyone can just yeah. sit down, have a crack and it's fun. Because some of those new ones, like, because I, I like video games, mm. but I don't play them because I'm no good at it. No. Like, I, I just... I, well, some of the new ones, you've got to like take a month off work. Yeah, it's crazy. But, it's but, like, not, not, but it, it seems to be my mates who are gamers who are good at video games... I think once you have, it's like muscle memory. Like once you can play one, yeah. then they just seem to slot in. But like a friend of mine, um, oh, well, Cam Knight, he went away for his honeymoon and he had a PS3, which he lent to me. And, oh, uh, right. I thought you were going to say, which he took on his honeymoon. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't think that Imagine that. that. I love you both <laughs> equally. <laughs> I play with you while she's asleep. She, after, <laughs> after they just consummated the marriage, she goes to sleep and then she just hears a bleep, 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 bleep. bleep. <laughs> No, he, he lent it to me, and uh, he gave me um, a game called Batman Arkham Asylum, which mm. apparently is like, you know, the greatest superhero video game ever made. Like that, Well, that's how you get me in. Yeah. Like, you know, if you go, Batman's involved, I'll well, be like, oh, hang on. It's pretty amazing. Like, yeah. it, it, you do feel like you're Batman. Like, it, it, it's pretty exciting like that. But I, I had it for three weeks. I, I would like to play all the scenes where I have to maintain my secret identity. <laughs> I bet they don't have those in the game, but I, that, if I was in no. designing the Batman game, there'd be less of the action sequences and more a lot of situations where I had to like hide my secret identity or just times where I could like fuck models in the, like, you know, the pool at a hotel and then buy it. <laughs> All the Bruce Wayne moments. That'd be like my video game. I think they actually have a video game, which is just the Playboy Mansion. That sounds like the game you need to play. Yeah, right. They did have one at one stage, but this game was like, no, this was just about bashing, bashing yep. criminals and that kind of stuff. But I couldn't, like, it, it took me. I had it for three weeks and I played it a couple of times and I spent like all night on one level and could not just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't click for me. Like no. I don't have that ability. And then Cam came around to pick it up and he showed, I showed him that level and I, where I was stuck and he just went and within two seconds he was through the next level. And it's like, well, obviously this, the sign is I shouldn't be playing video games. I mean, yeah. I, I, or Cam the, should get a job. Yeah. <laughs> Either of those two things. But weirdly enough, I actually enjoy watching my friends play video games. Really? Like, yeah, because they're so sophisticated now. Some of them are better than movies. Like yep. the storylines they have cut into the actual gameplay, the yep. scenes, they'll get top line actors to, you know, be the voices. And like Grand Theft Auto is so like complex and intrinsic and there's subplots and you know and you it's really heaps better than any drama. It heaps better than any movie where you get to bash prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's, it, I mean, they outgross movies now. Like video games are yeah. the number one form of entertainment going around. So I will often... well, the, the Halo, the new Halo is like going to be bigger than um, Avatar. They reckon. Oh, really? Yeah, which is insane, isn't it? Like amazing. But I think one of the Call of Duty or one of the big ones that got released did like five hundred million dollars in its first week. Right. Which is like, that's just you know, no movie no. ever does that. No. Like even the really really big movies. But I think piracy also has a lot to do with that as well because they can't pirate video games yet I'm, I'm sure they'll work it out sooner or later but it, it does it does make you you'd think it'd be the one area where you know the geeks would be like yeah you know, <laughs> We're gonna let's nail this. this first it is kind of odd yeah. isn't it before we go after the... the post office yeah <laughs> let's first nail <laughs> video games but they're getting so immersive yeah. like I mean I am looking forward to you know the, the kind of Tron type experience where you just like you know where you can pick a video game where you just get to fuck models I mean mm. hopefully by the time 
you know, we're not too old, that we'll be able to put on the virtual reality helmet and you can just have a, a game like that. And it, it surely it can't be too far away. I mean, if you think how quickly they've advanced in 20 years. I mean, they look real. I'm I, Again, I'm not like a video game kind of mm. aficionado, but when I see the graphics, that I'm like, wow, that looks real. The car racing ones especially, if you showed that to me, because I don't watch car racing either, I couldn't tell the difference. Mm. This looks exactly like something I don't watch down to the point of comparison. <laughs> Yeah, well, my thing is I just don't... And this is not to offence to anyone who plays them, because, like, good on you. You're fucking idiots. <laughs> no, I I just personally don't like... Like, I don't, don't know what the... I get at the end. Yeah. And I don't... Like, you know, I'd rather go away and work on a show or, like, write a movie or, like, you know, do one of these things that are on my list of things I'd like to create. I, I guess I'm one of the... I'd person, like, I, I quite like to create a video game. Yeah. Like, I love the idea of coming up with a, a world. Yeah. And like then, you know, populating it with characters and stories and stuff like that. That I would dig. Yeah. yeah. Like if someone came to me and said, hey, can you come in and like Help be creative write a yeah. and r- write a, like a, a fantasy video game or like a, you know, action fantasy video game, I'd be really up for that. But did you even like when you were a kid, was there ever a video game, like an arcade game or anything that you're really into? Donkey Kong? Yeah. I like Donkey Kong. And so you're you're really into that? Like you had like the like the home? Yeah. Uh, the I had the little thing you played on the Nintendo bus. Nintendo thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you, those Which ones. was awesome because if you're playing it, you could also put your head on the seat in front of you. Like, you know, so imagine the bus is like, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. seats are too, quite close together. And up the top, they had kind of a padded bit. Yeah. So you could like, if you were playing your game to get the right light, yeah. you like, you'd, <laughs> you'd bow your head over so you got the right light. But what I discovered was where I sat on the bus um, on the way to school, if I did that while I was playing my game, and I didn't do this on purpose, this was just a happy side effect, I could see right up Jodie Scott's skirt. Oh, really? When she sat in the middle in the back seat. How would you see up her skirt? Well, because my head was kind of bowed down, yeah. if I just like like looked one like you know more sort of peak f- further, I'll... my head was down and looking backwards. Ah, uh, okay, right. right so I'm going to have to do this for you. So here. she was sitting behind so she's you. Sitting, like, I'm like, say I'm three from the back, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's in the middle of the back, okay. right? And I put my head down like that. Oh, so it's just a, it's just like, a, a 20 degree turn yeah, and you're bang. her dress. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, much more exciting than Donkey Kong. But how reliably did Jodie Scott sit in the middle back seat? Oh, pretty reliably. She was she was, she was queen a, of the back seat. So. Yeah, re- oh, yeah really? totally. Was she the same age as you? Nah, she was. Um, she's like a year older, or maybe ah, two years older. Awesome. Yeah, she was the older sister of my friend Simon Scott. Ah, uh, nothing who, better than older sister. Totally, and who was totally into trucks. He loved trucks. He was one of those kids who just loves trucks. Had you go around to his room, and there'd be like you know um, big posters of like Kenwood trucks that he got out of like Truck and Life. <laughs> And stuff like that, and he knew trucks back to front. What what kind of I mean? So this, how, what kind of posters do they print? Are they like centerfolds? Where they're like centerfolds the of truck trucks. in a sort of seductive pose, like you yeah. know, sort of light glinting off the chrome and yeah, totally diffuse lighting. It's kind of like those ones where you see, like you know, where there's a girl and she's leaning on a motorbike, except the motorbike is the focus. <laughs> <laughs> Get that girl out of the way. Yeah, I want to see sick. what the rims are on the back of that Kenwood. So, so he was really into trucks, like obsessed by trucks. So with the new Transformers movie, mm. he must be just like creaming himself. I don't like. know. I don't know if he'd be into trucks that transform. He just I think he'd be truck. like, that robot is spoiling all the time I could be looking at that truck. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see trucks transform. <laughs> I want trucks to remain trucks. I don't want fruity robot from outer space fighting trucks. Just plain old-fashioned trucks, thanks. And do you, do you keep in touch with him now? You know, did he get a career in truck? 
You know what? Um, I don't, but I did ask my dad, who like kind of vaguely you know, tracks every uh, person we've ever met for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, he and he told me that I, I believe he became a mechanic. So right. yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. So what did you have in your walls that sort of, uh, was there anything that kind of uh, predicted what your future career, were there like stand-up comedians all over your walls? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You come over to my place and it's nothing but Rita, it's nothing but Rita Rudner posters. (laughs) (laughs) Pam Ayers and Rita Rudner. (laughs) You ladies with your pithy one-liners. I go to bed at night just dreaming of Pam Ayers poems. Did you you have uh, posters on your wall? Uh, I had football posters. Yeah. Yeah, footy posters. And I remember... And this was kind of awkward because my parents were quite a, kind of cool about like, you know, I was the eldest and they were kind of cool with like, uh, you know, Girls. your emerging sexuality. Yeah, yeah. And so at one stage, I'm pretty sure mum bought me like a, a poster and it was like, um, you know, it was like those girls working out in the gym. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're like in leotards. Uh, like pumped up down pumped under. Pumped up down yeah, under. Yeah, yeah. It may even have been but a your pumped mum bought down that for you. Yeah. Yeah, right. Maybe she was just like... She's like, he's going to he do it anyway. He might be gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> let's, let's just see. He doesn't really seem to want to work on the farm. He's not really keen on riding his motorbike or pissing on electric fences. Uh, well, you know, he seems to like a bonfire, but I don't know if he could throw stuff on it that explodes. Uh, he climbed a tree once, but he fell out. So um, let's just give him a poster of a girl and see how he reacts. I remember I had to ask my mum, uh, my mum's permission to buy a Sports Illustrated diary that had like, obviously each page was like another photo of Elle McPherson yeah. or Rachel Hunter, whoever the girls were. And my mum's saying, um, well, if you want your smut book, then um, I guess you can have your smut book. Like, okay, then. And I was like, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> I think she was trying to guilt me, like Catholic, classic Catholic technique, yeah. guilt me into feeling like I shouldn't do it. But there's one, do you remember that ad would have been like from the late 80s? It was for Cool Charm deodorant. And the scenario was it was like a guy with a broken down car on the highway and this girl pulls up and she's a sexy chick and she gets out and she looks at his radiator and she takes out her Cool Charm deodorant and wipes it across the radiator and it cools the radiator down. No. Well, the girl in that ad, I just had a thing for. Like I would have been about 10 or 12 years old and she must have been a famous model at the time or at least, you know, getting a lot of work because my sister used to buy Clio and I used to find... Like, you know, she'd do photo shoots for Cleo. And so I cut out every single picture this girl could find, which probably totaled to about 40, like, individual pictures and stuck them all around my room, which... Like like, a serial killer. Like a serial killer. Like, if she was someone sort of famous... If Clint Eastwood came in uh, and in the line of fire style, he'd be like, yeah, right, he's going to kill her. He's going to kill her and skin her and walk around in a suit made out of her human skin. (laughs) I'm just sitting there making a gun out of porcelain. Yeah. (laughs) Your mum's like, Charlie... Have you dug a uh, hole in the basement of the house? And why is there all this lotion around the sides of the hole? Bought a little fluffy dog called Precious. (laughs) I I know that Amy, uh, when she first moved into um, my place in Bondi, so this is like, you know, 11, 10, 11 years ago, um, she revealed to me years later that when she first went to my house, she was really freaked out by the posters what, yeah. that I had on the wall. Well, the, you had Buffy posters, yeah. Oh, I had some Buffy posters, but no, I had like heaps of like wrestling posters. So I had like the rock, like <laughs> half naked, all oiled up, all over the, like, the wall of my room. And she's like, oh, his parents should have bought him a pumped up down under poster <laughs> instead of these heaving, muscly, naked men that he has all over his house. How many posters? I mean, you maybe had a couple of wrestling posters. How yeah. many did you have? I had at least two of The Rock, I reckon. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Wow, that's ah, man. That, he was the people's champion. Oh, look, I love the, the most electrifying force in sports. I think, I think when Gemma and I started dating, she she sort of relegated my posters. I think I had like a, a couple, like a Beastie Boys poster and stuff. And she, being an artist, mm. she was like, "We'll have art on the walls, uh, posters." You know, when oh, you, like, I, I was amazed at the shit I couldn't keep in my own house. Yeah, like that I, is interesting. I have a signed Western Bulldogs jumper that was signed by all the players from when I left Triple J. Triple J arranged for the Bulldogs. Like I said, it's it's a you know framed, signed by the players, actual you know playing you know jumper. Brilliant, like yeah. and my club, my football club that I bear it for. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, obviously you know someone in marketing's like sorted it all out, but they've gone to the effort of you know giving me this thing. Yeah, but you had the uh... that's in my office. Out yeah. the back. But at least you've got an office. I yeah. mean, I all my all my toys, mm. they're all most of them are in a box under the bed. I have I have a couple up the wall, but wow. this this room is And they're all there just talking to each other, That's dreading right. that you're gonna send them to some <laughs> sort of evil <laughs> play school where they'll be tormented and there'll be other mean toys and that you know, they love you, Charlie, and they wanna be with you. You if, if you've not seen Toy Story three, then this is probably. I, I, think, I think most. I think most people pick up the reference. Did enough business. I still. I, I actually have my teddy bear from like you know from when I was two. I still. It's somewhere around here somewhere, but mm. I, I still have my teddy bear. Which if you see him, he's missing a leg because oh. I stuck it into a fire when I was yeah. like three. I had to sort of uh, throw it in the pond or something to put it out, and uh, <laughs> and I and rather than just buy me a new teddy bear, mm. they just sewed like a patch. Like a not even the same material, like you know whatever fur the teddy bear was made out of, they just got like like sheep's wool and sewed like so. My teddy bear had an artificial limb. Mm. I had an amputee teddy bear, for, yeah. and I still have him. I I can't bear to throw him out, even though I'm not sentimental really at all. Like I've lost members of my family. I don't have anything of theirs around, but I've no. got this fucking teddy bear. Yeah, but, but like, he's a survivor. Yeah, I mean, I he's done a lot it. of his career with one leg. I think that's it. I yeah. think I feel like he's been through a lot. And yeah. if I threw him out now, that would just be the ultimate insult. Totally. And there's, but there's no one I could give him to because he, he would be, must be infested with so much disease by now. Oh, that's good. Don't go. they accumulate disease? Yeah, all right, but give it to a kid. Kids, what I need? Need, kids need to have diseases. Go and rub it on some kids <laughs> at the park. Because you know what? Like, kids are getting, like, in asthma and stuff because their parents won't let them get dirty anymore. You should go down to the park as a public service to the health of our nation and rub your amputee teddy, teddy bear, bear on strangers' babies. Either that or I should just colonize new land and just give it to the natives. Oh, yeah. Look, here we go. He's uh, a token of... Uh, huh. Didn't Charlie go to Tahiti a few years ago? And why is it now called Charlie Land? <laughs> no one would ever want to go to Charlie Land. I um. Although if you called it the, if you called it Charlie Land, you'd certainly get yeah, you get a line. Yeah, you get, <laughs> at least at least everyone would visit once. Yeah. There'd be a lot of people visiting yeah, for the first just time. to see. But all the all the citizens would have their hands bound from mm. birth, so that they oh. wouldn't grow much bigger than a certain size. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like fearsome warriors with tiny hands. <laughs> I love it. They're, they're great fighters, can't hold a spear. I heard um, a really interesting ad for Singapore. I was listening to um, uh, a commercial radio show, and so like it was one of those great, you know, um, come to Singapore. Uh, it's brilliant, and you can do awesome stuff in Singapore sort of ads. Yeah. But this was the, like, the sell in the ad. There's a nightclub that you can wear your board shorts to. <laughs> and I was like, you are pitching to a certain demographic when like, you're like, oh, we can't get them across the line with the fact that it's a really nice hotel. It's an excellent place to stay. Oh, how about we uh, let them wear their boardies to the nightclub? I'm in. <laughs> Is Singapore, that's that country where you can't chew chewing gum or, or spit or, or something like that. Is that right? That's right, yeah. But you can wear board shorts to a nightclub. Yeah, what is that? So what's with the no spitting, no chewing gum? 
you know, is it like, is that a religious thing or is that just... No, it's like a public order thing. It's considered uncouth. Yeah, it's gross. Don't spit. Don't put your chewing gum. I don't mind the no spitting one. That kind of does make me feel a bit gross. I hate seeing people spit. Spit, Mm. You know, especially when it's fucking they hock something up. Yeah. Like that is, that is gross. And doing doing it on concrete too. I don't mind maybe if you're in a park Mm. because at least I feel like it absorbs back into the earth. Yeah, it's hard to see people spit on like concrete on the street that's the worst yeah I don't like it on the street I think you should like you know cover your mouth when you cough and do all those sort of things on the street but I do I, I, I'm fine with sports people to spit yeah. like sometimes there's letters into the paper saying oh you know the, the footballers spit too much like they're playing professional sport yeah. they're running around but I, I although when they do that like a uh, bush handkerchief yeah, thing yeah. where they like blow out of one that's gross and that's but that's, that's, <laughs> that's not, just gross but you know how like athletes like you know they've gotten more and more professional as years have yeah. gone on don't you reckon the expelling of snot has gotten also more professional like yeah. the way they do it now is so oh, yeah. kind of like Oh. Intense, like that Bushman's You could, you could snot one. a dude from the grassy knoll. Yeah, totally. these days. Like if, if you're ever at the football and you're down on the fence and you just choose to watch a player when the ball's at the end of the ground, man, they are expelling fluids from every orifice. Like it's crazy. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of common now for players to throw up as well. Yeah. I was stunned by that. Like I saw Nick Revolt in one game, not from anything that had gone wrong, just from the exertion. He threw yeah. up like three times. They run the until they throw up. If I throw up, I mean, that's it, Stop. I'm done. That's it. That's <laughs> like, literally my body saying, don't do this anymore. No, normally burst into yeah. tears and have to curl up somewhere and get someone to bring me something to drink. Because <laughs> that's what I'd be like on the football field. Like, I'm a champion of the game, like Nick Rewald. I run, I run. I've been a powerhouse all day. I vomit. I go and get a blanket and someone to get me some flat lemonade and some dry toast. Uh, do we have any true bloods on IQ? But at what stage was it sort of, have we been taught that throwing up is actually fine? Like it's like, I mean, surely when your body is rejecting something or expelling liquid, then something's wrong. Like now it's acceptable. That's fine to just throw up. I mean, I've got mates who can throw up and keep drinking. Yeah. And I find that just like no. extraordinary. Well, you know, you're doing the opposite of what your body has just mm-hmm. demonstrated. Oktoberfest, um, there was this big story the other day about these Australians and New Zealanders, of course, yeah. who've <laughs> gone to Oktoberfest. Have you ever been to Oktoberfest? No, what I mean, in Australia. No, in like in, in Germany. Germany. No. This is their like Australians October with a K. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a, a month of drinking. Yeah. That's a when, month. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. It's like if like yeah, I think it's a month. Okay. Well, it's like Rocktober, but yeah. instead of rock, they've yeah. got alcohol. Yeah. Or if they had rock and alcohol, it could be Rocktoberfest. <laughs> That'd be even better. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't know, a couple of weeks or whatever it is. It's a big thing anyway. And they just drink and drink and drink. And heaps of Aussies and New Zealanders go there because we're like, hey man, we're cool about the war. Whatever. (laughs) A month of drinking. We're going to, we're just going to let slide for one month. For one month. But then we go back to making fun of you. Oh yeah. You wait. (laughs) (laughs) Won't mention Hitler for a month while we're drunk. (laughs) But it turns out that we, uh, went over there. Some tour, they're like, you know, I guess like your Contiki tour or your Pinot style tour. The Anzacs went over. Yeah. Uh, they went over. Um, and uh, they played like a, so many drinking games that they got in trouble with the German authorities for being too gross. Now, you know you've overstepped the line. That's like being called a racist in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you really... Yeah, from a country that had yeah. invented like scat porn. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's too much, mate. That's too much. And one of the things they were doing was that you, you drank and drank and drank, but then if you vomited you had to drink your own vomit. Yeah. That was like one of the, that was actually one of the, like the punishments uh, of this tour group. Uh, and I just don't know how you, 
Like anyone thinks that's a good idea. Well, maybe we, somebody goes, well, I haven't had any veggies today and there seems to be carrots and peas in this. So, well, But, not, but would, who would even like, I would never go on any trip where that was a condition. Like even though, even if I planned to not throw up, if that was like a condition, well, fuck that. Like, that's too so much at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. That should not be in the Geneva Convention. Like if they made David Hicks at Guantanamo Bay, like drink his own, drink vomit. his own vomit, people would like write about that in the newspaper. Yeah. That's why I can't watch Jackass. Like I, I, I dig it. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's funny, but like, you know, every second episode or whatever, where they're just shitting and, and vomiting and then eating it, it's just like, I don't, well, hang on. I don't, thing- I don't know they eat it. I should retract that. <laughs> I'm not sure they shit and vomit and then eat it. This is you again making assumptions about things you can't watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Much like motor racing, they celebrate their victories by eating shit, right? <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. The Monaco what... Grand Prix? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> they call it a Monaco bar over there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but the, so they would go on this trip. I don't find that fun at all. Like the idea that you know, they, so they would have to drink their own urine, and they would have to drink their own vomit. But they wouldn't eat their own shit okay. because that because somebody once contracted but some it, bad disease. But if you throw up, if you yeah. throw up, you have to drink your own vomit. Okay, yeah. I understand why you do that. Why do you have to drink your piss? Um, was if you really... go to the toilet, you then have to drink it. <laughs> there was something. Is like there a rule that. like if yeah. you lose any bodily fluids, you yeah. then have to re-imbibe those yeah. fluids? Yeah. So you want to keep it to yourself if, like, you know, you ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I, um, uh, yeah, so that's uh, Australians and New Zealanders doing us proud overseas. Yeah, it's but, always the Aussies and New Zealanders. Exactly. Australian-New Zealand alcohol core. Yeah, not enough to go to a country and just, like, you know, drink for two weeks or whatever it is. You also have to add a fear factor sort of element to it. Yeah, but that... I mean, we've talked, about, we've talked about this before, but I don't understand why on fear factor, those gross out tests, how that relates to fear because gross, being grossed out is not, it's not related to fear. Is so it? it's catchy to call the show gross factor. <laughs> I bet there is a gross factor. I'm yeah. sure that they're developing others. I would bet my house that there has been a, like a pilot made for a show called gross factor, which is just all about just all gross stuff. Yeah. Like all just insects and bodily fluids and sticking your hand up a cow's ass. We've had Tom Arnold in to do a shit. Now you have to eat all those shits and identify which one belongs to TV funny man Tom Arnold. Have you stuck your hand up a cow's bum? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, not up its bum. Well, up its... Yeah, you don't stick it. What if is you, it? If you stick your hand up its bum looking for a baby, it's not... you're going <laughs> <laughs> to be bitterly disappointed. Yeah. It's, not a, um, it's not a cloaca, is it? Cows don't have cloacas. No. Clack is a... A thing a that you wave at the soccer. <laughs> oh, no. That's not it. No, clack is just a, a, a multifunctional hole, isn't yeah. it? You can shit and piss out of it and drop an egg if you want to. I just love the idea of a multifunctional I hole. I know, I was just thinking, actually. It makes your fucking like, bit sound like a Swiss army knife. I wouldn't mind a multifunctional yeah. hole. Yeah. It would make things a lot easier. What would your multifunctions be? So you could piss, you could shit, you could lay an egg? I'd like mine to open into a stargate. <laughs> <laughs> Interdimensional travel. Yeah. You're not going to get many people traversing that wheel. That's the only thing. Like, well, I mean, even if you were like a Chilean miner and it's like, we're going to be trapped down here and then you go, hang on, guys, I've got a plan to get us out of here and you undo your pants and you pull your cheeks apart and you say, this is a portal that'll take us back to the outside world. I reckon most of those guys are like, you know what? We'll chance it. Moongate. <laughs> Come in. I would love, because they would see how serious people are about time travel. Because the thing is that quite often, uh, you know, people say, oh, of course, I'd like to travel through time. But until, you know, then you say, yeah, but before you travel through time, you will have to squeeze your way through a man's anus. 
to get into the Moongate portal, <laughs> then you would find out if people were serious about it. Gemma, um, unfortunately, has a nickname for my anus, which is called the Vortex. Um, and, it, and it came one day when... Uh, Vortex. Yeah. It, it sounds, sounds like, like a gladiator. Well, I thought, it was, I thought it was a bit like harsh until she explained why. And what had happened is, is, is one morning... Uh, yeah, because you don't want to insult anyone's anus. <laughs> the proudest I, part I'm of their quite, body. I'm quite proud of my anus. Okay, I think sure. it's a good anus. But she was, uh, she, she, I can't remember what it was, but she had, she'd just received news that had upset her. And I was, it was in the morning and I was just trying to cheer up. So I'm like clowning around in the So dead. you're putting eyes on the, your bum cheeks no, and no, no. talking through your anus? No, it wasn't intentional. Okay. I, was, I, was, right. I was in my pajamas and I was clowning, trying to cheer her up. And, okay. I, and I did a... You were clowning? Yeah, clowning. Is that what you do? When she's sad, yeah, you, no, no, you do no, no, some no. clowning. I don't always do clowning, yeah. but in, in this instance, I was Gemma, clowning. Gemma, there's a tiny car out the front. Come out here for a surprise. I haven't actually been trained in clowning, no. so I'm sure there's probably guys who have gone to some like prestigious French drama school who'd say, showing your anus to a girl is not clowning. It doesn't It'd be, be great if, um, like, you know, some guy's in a relationship and he goes, oh, clown around, but he does that really, like, French... The arty clown yeah, that's right. that isn't like Cirque du Soleil shit. Just stands yeah. there motionless for like an hour wearing a neutral mask. Yeah, but with like a tear yeah. or something. <laughs> no, in this instance, I just did a somersault off the bed because I was yeah. like, oh, look at me. But as I fell off the bed, I got jammed between the bed and the wardrobe, which is quite close yeah. to the bed. And my pajama pants had slipped down in the motion of tumbling. <laughs> So Gemma was sitting in bed, and by the time yeah. I finished my rotation, <laughs> my ass was quite close to her face, but my pants were down, and she was staring deep into what she uh, then named the, the vortex. vortex. Yeah, fair enough. And she said that like it was it appeared to her that all like light and life was being drawn into this area, never to emerge again. <laughs> the vortex. The vortex. So now, whenever we hear the word vortex, vortex. it does make it? me laugh. I think there's is there like, a movie called The Vortex? Ah, I'm not sure. There's the black hole, right. <laughs> which also sucked in light and life. Yeah. But there is a vacuum cleaner called The Vortex, oh. which often makes us laugh. Yeah, remember seeing that for The Vortex? <laughs> sucks up, sucks up all the dust. Clean your house with The Vortex. <laughs> I mean, people name their penises, so why can't you name your anus? Uh, well, no reason. What would you name yours? Asama, because <laughs> I don't like people to say it. <laughs> I like it to think it's hidden away. That's right. And nobody knows if it really exists or not. <laughs> That's what I would like. But occasionally, I'd like it to put out a, a video. video. Yeah. <laughs> Just to update everybody, so to speak. Excuse the pun. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I, it, I, and it would just be like my anus, just like, but with a, news, a newspaper or commenting on a topical event so that people knew that it was like... Ta- had... Taking responsibility for like yeah. global tragedies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> After like a particularly nasty, like yeah. uh, silent but deadly, yeah. two days later, your anus releases yeah. a video claiming responsibility. <laughs> and that elevator in the yeah. Osterio building, <laughs> that was me, Osama. So, uh, LA. LA. Oh yeah, so I have to like um, arrange for everything to, you know, just your life and to try to think ahead of what all these things are going to be. And then you're moving to like a complete other country as well, which is like... This is scary. It is a little scary. Right. Like, I hadn't really thought about it until now, but the idea of, like, living somewhere for a cons- considerable period of time yeah. is, like, you're suddenly like, oh, I'm going to have to meet new people. <laughs> I don't really like new people. But you got the accent, you know? Like, when you go to the States, like, it, at least it, it's an icebreaker. I mean, you know, after a couple of minutes, they'll probably realize you're boring yeah. and they don't like you. But totally. you've got that two-minute yeah. window. <laughs> For them to actually be interested in what you're saying. Yeah. Although I have noticed like in subsequent trips to the States, like when I first went over, 
much more exotic. But yeah. then since more and more Australians have yeah. become well known and famous, Sam Worthington, Sam fucking yeah, Worthington, another thing to fucking hate that dude for. Besides <laughs> so Clash of the Titans, yeah. <laughs> It's just, we're not as exotic anymore. In fact, yeah. most Americans now can pick the accent. Like, when I first... I'm going to tell people there, I'm from New Zealand. They're hot, you know, with the hobbits and with, like, Flight of the Concords. Well, people, I don't... I'd assume they'd think we're the same, one and the same, wouldn't we? The, oh, yeah, totally. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. That's what I'm going to, you know... I don't, I don't think you're going to give yourself any status boost by saying I'm a, a Kiwi over... I don't, I don't think they have a better reputation than Australians. I, I think they generally think we're the same thing. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> not a good way to start your conversation. <laughs> You're a racist. We're not the same at all, you racist. So you're going to be doing stand-up over there. You can't be making no Kevin Rudd jokes. Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I'm a bit worried. I have a show, um, uh, like the uh, the improv, and the Melrose Improv, which is like, you know, like that is the place where like Richard Pryor and like, you know, um, you know Letterman and Leno and all those Rita guys. Rita Rudner. Rita Rudner, <laughs> Pam Ayres. <laughs> Sarah Silverman, Chris Rock. Like, I mean, it is a real home of, like, you know, sort of legendary comedy. And I've got, like, a headlining show there. And I'm so, like, nervous that no one will come because, like, you know, who knows, right? Yeah. And so I put it out on Twitter. And how's this? This is what I do love about going overseas is going overseas, I think, is an opportunity to meet Australians that you wouldn't normally bump into in your circles here. Mm. But, you know, might be really nice people, right? So this is the, the, the power couple. I've been reached out to by a power couple, an Australian power couple, who are happening to be in LA uh, on November 11 and said uh, reached out to me on Twitter and said, uh, hey, we're going to come and see your show. And I was like, I've never met these people before. They're Australians. Yeah. And I, I know of them both. And I was pretty excited that they were going to come along. But I was like, Oh, that's come out of nowhere. Who is it? Well, do you want to guess who the power couple is? Beck and Leighton. Uh, you're kind of in the right zone uh, of like a Beck and a Leighton. A power couple? Um, yeah. One of them's much taller than the other, if that helps. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. Uh, are they both in entertainment? They're both in entertainment. Okay. Um, they both sing. Uh, one of them at least dances. Hugh Jackman and Deborah Lee Furness. Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. That would be good, though, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be I'm awesome. I'm just going to name all these people yeah. that you wish were coming yeah. instead that, of the that, power that's couple. That's way too... That, yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm, disapp- you're like, now oh, I'm disappointed about my power couple. <laughs> my power couple isn't that good. <laughs> Think lower. Lower your sides. Yeah. Right. Okay, a, a tall... Yeah. Um, Think the sort of people that I'd be excited about, but the sort of people that also might come and see my show. So don't set your expectations too high. Oh, okay, I'm, I don't know. I'm pulling a blank. A particularly short guy... Um, oh, so oh, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> but yet another good power couple. The human internet yeah. needs to get reset. <laughs> no, that was good, though. You were, like you immediately went to short guy. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, I've probably been a bit mean-spirited. Okay. The other guy two in guys, this relationship. Two guys. Uh, okay. Yes. Dame, Dame, uh, oh, what's his, the, 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 the little hobo. <laughs> the little homo. Uh, is it? Anthony, Anthony Kalea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anthony Kalea. He hasn't listened to that episode where we called him a little somo, has he? Oh, dear God, please don't. <laughs> well, th- th- don't, hey, this is... Uh, this is. Uh, he doesn't this... listen to the podcast, does he? Uh, well, well, if he has, that well, was like has. one of the earliest episodes. Yeah, ago. right. Maybe this is a setup, dude. Oh, Maybe no. he's like, I'm going to fucking yeah, show you, Andy, so make fun of me. Come to your show and punch you in the cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I have to stand on something, but... <laughs> and who's his boyfriend? Uh, Tim Campbell. Who's that? He's like an Australian uh, singer, dancer. He was a Channel 7 TV presenter. They're like a power couple. Okay, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. 
I'm, I didn't know that. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I, I couldn't pick Tim Campbell out of a lineup. Mm. What does he look like? Tall, thin, good looking. What colour hair? Uh, sandy, sort of brownie, blondie. Oh, does he look a bit like Conan O'Brien? Yeah, kind like of. Yeah. Kind of good looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's totally. feeling home and away or something. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Power couple. Yeah, they're right. a power couple, man. Yeah, shit. They're, a, they're like a like you know in Australian gay royalty, they'd be right up there. I suppose they'd be like our like entertainment's hottest yeah gay power couple, wouldn't they? I guess so. Yeah. Who who would be their equivalent in the states? Who's like the ah uh, Alan and Portia de Rossi? They are our Alan and Portia de Rossi. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. And, and, and Porsche's Australian, so, kind of, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a link there. Totally. <laughs> oh, that very tenuous. That's <laughs> another power couple I'm disappointed about <laughs> coming. <laughs> why, why are not Alan and Porsche so and Rossi? Has, I would love if I rock up and Tim Campbell and Anthony Clare, thank you to them both for saying they were going to come along to the show, uh, rocked up. But also in the audience were Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban, uh, Hugh Jackman and Deborah Lee Finesse. <laughs> and uh, who did you just say? <laughs> Uh, uh, Ellen and oh, DeGeneres Alan, De, Alan DeGeneres and Portia De Rossi. So, how did they reach out to you on Twitter? On Twitter, which one? Tim. They, what they write together, one word at a time. <laughs> yeah. We would love to see your show. You're just getting one word tweets from either of their accounts. Is that how I would love that <laughs> if they did. Yeah, no, Tim uh, messaged me on Twitter. That's great. Yeah, it's nice, huh? They should. But that's what I mean about like you know you go overseas. I've never met either of those dudes, and they were like, "Hey, I know you're doing a show. We'll come down and support you. Do you want to catch up for a drink?" I think that's a cool thing. Yeah, I found that in LA. Like, it's kind of funny. Guys who would not normally talk to me in this industry (laughs) in Australia when I've been in the states because everyone's chasing the same thing. Like, they're so nice. Like a lot of the attitude goes, and a lot of the kind of like competitive. Hey, Charlie, great to see you, man. You haven't got a dollar, do you? (laughs) (laughs) You don't know any producers, do you? Yeah, do you know anyone who's like, uh, I'm happy to sleep with someone. I'm happy to sleep with somebody. Do you know anyone? I mean, I, I don't know if we've talked about, I said, mentioned this before, but I, I do remember going to an audition um, when I was over there for some uh, Fox series. And it was for an American character and I was sitting in the waiting room and I recognized one of the guys from Australia. And so we started chatting and then another guy piped up and he was Australian. Another guy popped up and he was Australian. And there was one guy in the room who wasn't Australian. And he was looking at the script and looking at us going, have I? got this wrong was this part for an Australian and we're like no no and it's like what are you people doing over here no. <laughs> like there's so many of you now you're taking all our parts it's, it's like, like he's going to auditions and it's like the scene from Spartacus I'm Australian <laughs> no I'm Australian I'm Australian and so is my knife does your accent get stronger when you're talking to other Aussies overseas you know what there is a I, I do become very uh, you have quite an Aussie accent anyway yeah. And I, I have to be careful about that when I'm overseas because I can become a little, like, you know, people just have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and people here have no idea what you're talking about. I know. Sometimes. But sometimes I just, like, figure if I wave my hands enough and... <laughs> yeah. Well, if I just get louder? I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll work it out. They're all jokes. People, come again. <laughs> There's heaps of jokes. Don't worry about it. There's enough for two, two times. I do a bit about a vortex. You yeah. love it. Don't fill up. Don't fill up on like all, the whole show. It's like filling up on bread and shit at Sizzler. You want to like enjoy, you know, every morsel there is there. Um, no, uh, I um, noticed that I'm very Australian when I go overseas, as in very proud mm. uh, of everything Australian. Things that when back here I would think are shit yeah. and would never defend. Yeah. The minute I get overseas, I am just like. You know. Listen to this Shannon Knoll album. It's yeah, awesome. Totally. This is rock. I, I'm the first guy singing Down Under in the Aussie Bar. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That is... I do. And I, I, I've done it a few times. I remember... Like, one of the most fun times I ever had overseas was... Um, I was in London during the uh, AFL footy finals. Uh, not, not this year, just gone, but the, the year before. 
and uh, I went to the, uh, quite right across town on the train to go to this like you know Aussie bar where they were playing you know Hawthorne yeah. and the Bulldogs. And it was like nine o'clock in the morning or something like that. And everyone's just getting blind yeah, awesome. and watching the footy and everyone's dressed up. And I just loved it, man. Yeah. I, I honestly, you know, would have walked out of there like with corks on the hat, <laughs> you know, carrying a, carrying a, like Struth. a... Yeah, Struth. <laughs> Throwing shrimps on people's Barbies all over the place. I, I do. I, I, I Aussie up a fair bit. I went and saw, uh, watched a grand final in 2007 um, in LA. And uh, same thing where it's just like everyone's getting blinded at like sometime in the morning or... Actually, it might have even been like one one o'clock in the morning. Mm. And uh, what was great about it was there was um, some guys from the local Aussie Rules football team, the Santa Monica Sharks, who are all American guys who were going around trying to recruit players for their local club. You know, great idea. Go down yeah. to the Aussie Rules Grand Final. And they came up to me and when they heard my accent, they were like, oh, hey, man, like, you know, can you please come and join our team? Because we're still sort of learning the game. And I had, like, visions in my head that I would, like, arrive. Like, you know, I'd be the only guy there, like, who knew Aussie rules, and I would, like, take this team to sort of glory. You essentially thought you were um, Burt Reynolds or Adam Sandler's characters in The Longest, Longest Yard. Yard. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You're like the, yeah. The quarterback uh, hero. In Australia, I am shit, this guy. Yeah. But here, I am, like, a hero. <laughs> totally. It's like, it quite, it happens a bit of that. There's a, um, a guy I know called Dirk Nannis who... That's um, not his name. Yeah. Is that a real name? Yeah. Dirk Nannis. Dirk Nannis. And um, he's a, a, a really good mate of my sister's husband. And he um, played cricket for Australia in the 2020 World Cup. But he didn't really take up cricket until he was like in his sort of late 20s. What? Because he was a professional uh, skier. Oh right? So he was traveling the world skiing and stuff. And then when they stopped you know, doing so much skiing. He was playing social cricket with his mates and it was one of those classic things where, you know, he's playing like third grade cricket and then suddenly everyone's like, this guy's really good. <laughs> and then like, you know, two years later, he's playing cricket for Australia, right? Yeah. Amazing story. But a couple of years ago at the 2020 World Cup, when he was still just emerging, he went and played for Holland or somewhere because he's got like, you know, Dutch heritage or whatever. And so like he was... The best player. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he was just the guy who came along and no one else could play, but he was like the guy. yeah. Do you often like have fantasies like that where, just say you, you're taking up a sport for the first time, you know, like, you know, you maybe even you're doing boxing with your personal trainer at the yeah. gym and like, you know, after one session he's like, hey man, like you've got an amazing right hook, like, and you are like the great white hope, like uh, the chosen one, like the prophecies have foretold that you have come to, you know, dominate this sport. I keep waiting to find that thing that, you know, I'm just naturally the best at. Yeah, uh, look, I've resigned myself that that's never going to happen. So instead of going to the gym and doing boxing training, I just punch hobos. <laughs> and I feel really tough. Yeah. Like, I dress them up like trainers. Yeah, it's right. nothing weird. I give them some money and I say... Let me just punch let in the me, jaw. Yeah, let me, let me land a couple. And then I'll just go home feeling like a hero. <laughs> Come live on my property. Help, <laughs> help boost my status. That's that's right. You can be in my entourage. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm definitely an Aussie Europe as I go overseas. Aussie music. I love. I'm the sort of person who will search out, and it's an amazing thing. Like this has happened to me. Like you know, um, is that people have come to find my shows overseas? You yeah, know, to for a taste of home. Yeah, but yeah. I'm exactly the same. I was in Edinburgh um, in 1999. And uh, Dave Hughes um, had been doing a show over there as well. We shared a house in Edinburgh. And he used to have this uh, joke about Paul Kelly and um, where uh, he'd go up to Paul Kelly. Like, it was a story about how he'd saw Paul Kelly at, the, you know, at some bar. And he'd gone up to Paul and he'd gone, Before too long, come on, Paul, you know the words, right? And 
so this is one of the jokes he'd been doing in his set for the whole festival. And uh, on the last night, Hughesy's had to go home, but Adam Hills and myself and a couple of other Aussies have gone to see Paul Kelly play in the Spiegel tent. And uh, he was playing his song Bradman, which he, at that stage, didn't play very often. But somebody who'd played with Don Bradman on some sort of tour was in the room that night. So he's like... What, an old bloke? Yeah, an old wow. bloke. Yeah. So he's like, because it's this special occasion, I'm going to play, you know, this Don Bradman song. Wow. You know, and I haven't played it for ages, right? So he's got through about two-thirds of it, and then he's, you know, forgotten some of the lyrics. And this table of people across from us who were just all these Aussies have just yelled out as one, oh, come on, Paul, you know the words. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, you are just Aussies who have gone to, like you're at the biggest arts festival in the world and you've just gone from Aussie show to Aussie show <laughs> yeah, to right. Aussie show and fucking good on you <laughs> and drink that vomit <laughs> and get back and go and see another Aussie show. <laughs> And the Edinburgh Festival, like that is, uh, from what I understand, is just for like when a young comedian starting out, you go there to not make any money, but just to kind of like test your metal, isn't it? It's kind of like uh, a rites of, rites of passage, like when Luke Skywalker goes into that cave in Empire and he has to fight Darth Vader. Is that what it's about? It's like um, the Olympics. Um, you know how there's always like some, like, except that like when you first go, you're like Eddie the Eagle. You're like that, um, you know, like that... Who's Eddie the Eagle? Oh, he was that, you know, the, remember the, the skier from the UK? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you've, you've done enough to qualify, yeah. but you're not actually going to compete at the highest level. Yeah. And it's a bit it's a bit like, you know, there's always a story at the, I think at the Sydney Olympics, there was some guy who, it was the first time he'd ever swum in a 50 metre pool. Like, that's kind of what it's like in Edinburgh. And um, I remember Hughesy and I were sharing a house in 1999 when we f- both first went, and... We worked out at one stage, in the first week, I think, between us, in seven shows each, we'd sold a grand total of, I think, 60 tickets, like, between us. Oh, right? So we were spending more on food a day than we were making, you know... And ticket sales. Tickets, ticket sales, trying to get people to come to our, our shows. And, like, you spent all day flying, too. Like, yeah. you're just handing people, like, you know, pictures of your face, and they don't want them. <laughs> so you just have to start making stuff up. I would like go down the line and say, look, I made this really cheap chemicals. I think if you lick it, you'll get high. <laughs> or like, you know, I just walk down and say, come to the show, sleep with your favorite cast member and like just have dudes look at like the, and go, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. I'm sorry. And I, <laughs> I even got to the point, and this is actually when my show turned around. I used to do these nights where I would say to people, um, come to the show and at the end of the show, I will stand by the door. And if you did not enjoy the show, on the way out, you can punch me once in the arm. Why did you offer to do that? Well, I just wanted people to come to the show. Like, I was so desperate to have people come and see my show. And I just worked on the proviso that if I got enough people there, that they would enjoy the show and, you know, people wouldn't take me up on that offer. Did you get punched in the arm? Yes. Really? Like, I, I think never in actual um, anger. anger. Like, I, I think mostly just some guys went, well, look... It's an opportunity to punch a dude. Yeah, yeah. And I'm allowed to. So how does it work in stand-up? Like in theatre, there is a rule that if there's less people in the crowd than there is on stage, you don't go on. You just refund money. But I, you can't really do that for stand-up, can you? Because there's only ever going to be one of you on stage. Totally. I, I always think... Have that, you ever cancelled a show? Like when you're starting out? Hopefully not in the last 10 years, but like, you know, when you're starting out? Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we I, just walked out and said, look, you know what? No, I reckon in my first Melbourne Comedy Festival season, I would have cancelled four maybe four shows where I didn't have any bookings yeah. or I might have had one booking um, wrong with one person and you can't actually do a show to one person yeah. like you can't actually do your show to one other person 
Do you just sit down, just put the microphone down and just go sit next to them and just talk it to them? Yeah, although no, in some ways it's actually better to keep the artifice of the show. Yeah. You know, to do the performance. I think I would be too self-conscious. I'm one of those guys who goes to see stand-up yeah. and I get very... The last thing I want is for the comedian mm. to notice me. I'm always... I got picked on once yeah. in a show and that scarred me for the rest of my life. So when I say stand-up now, I like to be anonymous. So the idea of being like the only one there... And what if he starts picking on me? I'm the only one there. <laughs> oh, he's definitely going to start picking. Although he doesn't want to turn you. No. <laughs> like, it's not like he can burn you for a better response. Yeah, that's right. Like, I mean, if you... So if I watch... start heckling, yeah. what's he going to do? He's not going to get laughs from anyone else. He's no, kind of fucked. Totally. Unless he's like, oh, well, I can burn this one loser so the tech laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> but, you know, but it is hard. I remember somebody telling me a story, and I, uh, forgive me that I can't remember who it was who said this, but um, where they did a show to uh, one person... But at one stage, they got up and went to the toilet. Uh, and they didn't know whether they were meant to keep doing the show or do you just wait until that person comes back? If they do come back at all. Yeah. You'd wait. You don't keep going. What's the point? There's no one else to hear it. Ross, if no- a comedian tells a joke in an empty room, does it make a sound? <laughs> Sometimes when a comedian tells a joke in a full room, it doesn't make a sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse. Uh, there is no greater silence than a room full of people ignoring your joke that is the uh yeah the silence of a a large audience of people Uh, who as one decide that uh they are not going to laugh at your joke ross noble told me a story of um he did a show where he was about to finish yeah like going to his last joke and um uh as he was um about to do that this girl got up to go to the toilet and he actually said look i'm about to I'm just about to finish. In fact, I'm just launching into the last bit. If you just, you guys know, I really have to just really go. And so, like, because of that moment, he was like, right, well, I'm not going to, I'll wait until you get back. So, like, there's this whole room full of people. So he decided, and he just thought it'd be fun to see how long he could go without talking, but be funny without talking, right? Yeah. And so it's going on and on. And suddenly. Like the French clowning we were discussing yeah, before. <laughs> suddenly he realizes, what if she doesn't come back? Like, it's been quite a long time. Maybe she just, she doesn't want to get, you know, you know, picked on or whatever when she comes back in maybe she's just waiting outside the door so he's starting to go oh my god I've locked myself into this uh, you know this thing weird. and the audience aren't really going with it to be honest like I can see how comedically that would have sounded like an awesome idea at the start I reckon yeah. 30 seconds of that it'd Brilliant. be great but yeah. then after that because they don't know either like they're thinking the same thing yeah. is a girl coming back yeah we've got another show to go to yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's been really good like I mean we're not going to really I know that's the other thing too yeah. it's your last joke yeah like I mean you could have had like a dynamite show but if yeah. your last joke really 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 bombs and that could fucking sour everything right so finally she's come back and sat in the room so Ross thought rather than going to my last joke it would just be funny to go thank you very much good night (laughs) (laughs) and then just walk off which I think is hilarious yeah apparently about 75% of the audience didn't think it was as hilarious as he thought it was and then they all just kind of walked away confused. Did he go back on and do the last joke? I don't know I actually don't know I doubt it they think that's one of the I think at that point yeah Speaking of which, let's let it go. Oh, okay. Uh, um, yeah, plugging Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, no, well, go, go on to our Facebook page. No, we'll plug these things properly. Well, you do it, because I plug yeah. it every week. All right. You um, do the sell. Make, okay. make me want to go to the Facebook page, Will. All right, we have a Facebook page, and there's some interesting things on our Facebook page. For example... Like what? There's a picture and some video of uh, that dude who tested his... Uh, Flying uh, uh, trench coat, coat. Yeah. off the Eiffel Tower. What's his name? Franz uh, Fritz something another Frenchie. What's yeah. Frenchie? Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, you said at the time, you know, if that was on YouTube, uh, it would have all these hits. Turns out it is on YouTube. So if you actually want to see this dude die, die. Like, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Like if that video was shot 
like a week ago mm. of a guy jumping off the Eiffel Tower, I'd be like, ugh. ugh. But because it's in black and white. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's kind of like... If you had like a bit of like old timey piano, like if you have if you've seen the footage, it does lend itself to that. Yeah, you could put some subtitles. Yeah. Oh no, France! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the title cards that yeah. come up for a silent film. Um, so like uh, if there's things we've talked about, you know, or if you've got more information or we've got more information, we tend to post it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, for some extra stuff, so go on to there. Um, also you can follow uh, Charlie on uh, Twitter, which is C X Clawson. And I'm uh, Will underscore Anderson, if you want to find me there. And I've noticed that heaps of people have been adding their quotes to uh, Tofop quotes. quotes. Great. And I've been loving it. I love seeing the seeing it back. Yeah. And I'm like... It know. does make me wonder, though, if we have better quotes that have gone over 140 characters. <laughs> like, it's the best of the short quotes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've, I, I, uh, you may have noticed that I've, I've been only trying to say pithy things. Yeah. <laughs> that's a second uh, but like, you're like, Will, I've been enjoying talking to you, but why do you seem to be counting every word you say on your fingers? <laughs> Like your rain man. <laughs> Why is that? So, um, uh, yeah, so find us on Tofop Quotes as well. So there you go. That's the, that's the plug. That's the plug. There we go. I'm Charlie Clawson. My name's Will Anderson. <laughs> See ya.